Welcome to Dark Horse Matters, the show about people, their passion, and their pursuit toward their happiness. I'm your host, Bev Matayoshi, and I'm passionate about talking to people about their dreams and what drives them. Um, if you are just tuning in, don't forget to like and subscribe, hit that notification bell because you never know, you could hear a story that uh, resonates with you and inspires you to be the next person that takes action and goes after their dreams. So today I'm honored to have on the show a very talented artist who calls himself the painter of millionaires, <laughs> which is awesome. I wish I thought of it, you know, <laughs> because in this business we're in we're, that we're working together in, that's exactly what we do, except for he does it literally with like paint and canvas. <laughs> but metaphorically speaking, um, in a sense, we build millionaires, we paint millionaires, that including ourselves. I met this man, just met him, but I already love and admire him. He has crazy energy that I love feeding off of. I asked him, I asked him to come on the show so to share, he could share his journey and his passions and his dreams for the future. So ladies and gentlemen, presenting Robert Timmons. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I love the energy you're bringing. Thanks, Bev. Appreciate all that. Man, I, I just thank you so much for, for coming on the show. I just, I love how we met each other. I love, you know, that we are associated with, with each other now. And I just know that, you know, we can feed off of each other's energy too, because it's, that's, that's how you get places in life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Robert, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from and where did you grow up? Well, I am a Canadian living in Texas. So, uh, y'all, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't use y'all, but I definitely see it. Uh, you know, I hear it a lot here, but, uh, yeah, I'm from, uh, up in, uh, just west of Toronto. A lot of people know where Toronto is, Toronto Maple Leafs, for an example. Um, I'm actually was raised in a city called Brantford where Wayne Gretzky actually was raised and created, you know, started his uh, journey into being the great one. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, that's pretty much, you know, where I was, uh, I, you know, my mom, single mom of uh, raising three kids, uh, you know, I learned a lot about uh, the power of struggle. I've learned a lot about uh, being associated with people in that struggle. For an example, I you know grew up on the east side of Brantford, where we were in a low-income government housing. Um, a lot of single moms. If there was a you know fathers around, they were in jail, uh, and they'd come back. And you know, seeing a lot of things. I grew up kind of from the neighborhood kids because my mom was working four jobs uh, a lot of the times. So yeah, I seen a lot of that darkness to, I also, you know, some people got out of there, uh, like myself, you know, it took me a long time to get through school. We had a goal, you know, uh, when we were younger at 16, you know, the goal was to quit school. We, we knew we had that opportunity at 16, we would quit school. And I, I was one of them that did it. I thought right on, you know, I, I hit 16, quit school, but there I am sitting at home going, what am I going to do now? Right? Like I got bored. Seriously, I'm like, you know, what well, I need to do something. So, you know, I, I, I went back to school. I was someone who said, mm, you know, screw this. I'm going back to school. And uh, on and off, I quit, got kicked out, quit, got kicked out, you know, how to do things, get back in. It took me about nine years to get my 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 uh, high school diploma, which you normally should have taken four. Yeah, I, man, I have so much in common with you. Like, um I, I didn't quit school that early, but, you know, just through college, you know, I I didn't stick with it. You know, I went back to work, going back to school, changed my major like three times. You know, I probably took about nine years as well to finish <laughs> my degree. So um, you're not the only one out there. But the, the, the good thing is that you you made a decision, you know, mm -hmm. and that's that's probably the most important lesson you can learn in life is to just make decisions. Well, I, I can add to that because as you're aware now, I always say you'd never know how long that number is going to be on the direction that you're going. You know, high school, I didn't know it was going to take nine years. I didn't know I was going to keep going. I didn't know I was going to get it. But then I said, I need my diploma for my mom. I needed to get a job. I couldn't even get a job. 
And I, you know, we lived near a McDonald's. I couldn't even get a job at McDonald's at the time, right? You know, they knew our neighborhood and they're like, we don't hire anybody from there, right? right. So, so that nine years, you know, I got that diploma and then I get the diploma. I'm like, now I can't get a job again. I got a diploma and I can't get a job. I'm like, well, I'm going to college. I'll be the first kid in my family to go to college. So I, I went to college and I did exactly like you. I, you know, screwed up the first year, went to a wrong, you know, major. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Then I went again and I kept blowing money and blowing money, adding up the debt, not knowing how to manage any of that, thinking, oh, I'm going to claim bankruptcy like all these doctors and lawyers did with their money. And then when it came time to actually, you know, I, I graduated, I got my diploma uh, in environmental sciences uh, at the time. But when it came to thinking about, you know, that was the mindset of, you know, I can use this money and then get rid of it. Almost like, like it, it meant nothing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And when it came down to it, they put a law in place that you weren't allowed to claim bankruptcy on student loans. And I'm like, damn, they got me. <laughs> took me 11 years to pay that off. Yeah. You know, here you are, you know, being told, go to school, get a good, you know, education. And then I was in debt, massive debt screwed my credit up just destroyed me for a while but i you know i kept working through it going i'm gonna get this done yeah okay congratulations on paying off your student loans that is a huge accomplishment it congratulations was. thank you thank you i feel yeah. for every kid out there that has to go through that you know we put people into that position and they you know to go in debt before they even have an opportunity to get something to get out of that. Yeah, and you know what? Everybody has the same mentality who put themselves in that position. They all think, eh, everybody has student loans. That's the way you're supposed to do it, right? Absolutely. But that's not. If you plan ahead, you don't have to borrow money for your education. But um, I just wanted to talk about your, your creativity. And I, I'm so fascinated by how creative you are and, um, you know, just the stories that you've told me, you know, getting to know each other. Um, how old were you when you re realized that you were a creative person? Oh man, I, I've been creative my whole life. However, I haven't been confident in it. So let's, let's go back to childhood, uh, you know, school where there was other people I felt were way better than me, right? But I think the key was, because I felt that I put more effort into it. So in grade six, for an example, I, I went to a Catholic school. My mom put us there, which I'm blessed uh, for that reason, because the other school that the East side went to, they were doing some pretty bad stuff over there. And I'm so happy my mom at least put us somewhere, you know, that was decent in the area. But I had sketched because I did a lot of sketching, but I had sketched a portrait of the Pope. I think it might have been John Paul II or something back in the 70s, right? And right there, I was like, wow, I actually just did that. Like, no, no one taught me. And I wasn't one of those people that would use the grid. I use the grid now, to be honest with you. But I felt, I felt an honor of not using the grid for three decades. And now I'm like, oh, my God, it's so faster. <laughs> it's like, it can get things done so fast. Why didn't I just do it? But... I push myself, you know, sometimes we push ourselves towards an area and we realize there might be another way of doing things to help. But I, I, I did the, the sketching and, uh, and I started thinking, wow, maybe I got something here. And I just kept doing it while the other people who I thought, you know, were better, they could create things faster, didn't. They didn't put that practice in. And they kind of went away. And then they started looking at me as someone because I was starting to get a little bit better and more detail and more color or whatever it was. And even to this day, they're like, I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do that. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. But yeah, I guess uh, grade six is kind of when I really started to really see a difference. Wow. Yeah, I've I've always been, you know, really into art as well since I was young. But I, I, I can honestly say my skill in it probably didn't show up until high school. I actually took an art class freshman year. It was the only year I took art in, as an elective in high school. And that's where I learned that technique of the grid. And oh. I've, been, I've been using it ever since too. I love it. And um, now with the digital world, there's so many other ways to cheat <laughs> and make your art happen faster. But um, I wouldn't I, say cheat. I wouldn't say it's cheat because you still have to create from that grid. That's true. That's true. It's just, it's just a better, faster way to keep symmetry. 
Yes, yes. Of whatever you're doing, right? Yeah, but I, I just admire that about you. And um, can you tell me about like your, cause you, for a while you got kind of known as an artist, right? With the ocean paintings that you did. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Oh, it's a great story because I'm still living it and I'm still connected in a global manner uh, with a lot of these people. But how it started was, okay, here I am in this small city after college is done, I've been working. I'm up in this small city, I'm single at the time, and I'm like bored and depressed, but I didn't know I was depressed, right? Until I left that black cloud, I'm like, oh my God, my life was like standing still there. And I, I went to the big city of Toronto. So I moved to Toronto and my whole objective of moving to Toronto was to do something with my art. I'm like, I got something here, I, I'm sick of this job. What can I do with my art to push it forward like I didn't know what to do so I'm like let's go to a big city I see on movies every time someone goes to a big city they their life changes you know they'll come back they're like who are you you know the family don't even recognize them but and that's kind of what happened to me to be honest with you so I went to the big city and I started you know trying getting into these uh, co-op galleries and I was you know, they were doing trainings. I was learning about this curriculum vitae, which I never heard of before. I'm, you know, checking out galleries, which gallery would match me. And I'm trying to learn all this system. And now to the point, you don't even need a gallery. You know, we have the internet. These galleries are probably hurting unless you, you know, have million dollar paintings, then they can actually showcase them. But, you know, I, I, I watched a documentary. I was going on a date with this girl who loves sharks. And there was a documentary out, and I love documentaries, and it was about sharks. It was called Shark Water. I definitely uh, recommend you searching that out. Amazing guy who sadly passed uh, a few years back um, fighting for sharks. So this documentary is about, you know, the issues going on with the sharks. I'm sitting there watching it, and, and, and it, it triggered me that not only are they killing, the, you know, taking these fins off these sharks, they're throwing them back alive and they're dying, right? They're drowning. Um, that was one part so that affected the girl I was with, uh, on a deep level because she loves sharks. I went a little even further because in there he was teaching us the, the power of the shark to the global population. So the ocean is 70%, right? You know, we're 30% land, kind of like our body, you know, we're 70% water and 30% kind of the rest. Every second breath you take comes from the ocean every second breath and being an artist like yourself Bev, when something emotionally hits you you feel you got to create something so something has to come out of that fire like my heart went on fire going oh my god there's like there's something bigger here and she's like no just sharks just sharks i'm like no there's something we gotta save the sharks because they're the apex predator of the ocean they're upholding the balance of the oceans you know ecosystem which is actually ultimately connected to us if you go the other way because because they're protecting that and that balancing it they're allowing that oxygen to go now when we off balance these plants are going to be eaten at alarming rate these the populations of the fish are going to go they're going to be narrowed down to the point almost like a feeding frenzy it's going to go down to nothing and if that goes down to nothing, we got major issues already happening in the ocean, which I've learned over years of, you know, painting, but it, it, it created a fire in me. And I'm like, I got to paint the story of the sharks. And that's exactly what I did. I painted this, you know, shark, you know, uh, a bowl of soup because they were being killed for a bowl of soup that like, 400 years ago or 4,000 years ago or something, some Chinese emperor said, I want something that you know, will be tough for someone to give me. And that was shark fin soup. So ever since, you know, uh, I love that your cat's there. <laughs> ever since, they, they, the status symbol of having shark fin soup means that you are, you know, a little higher. You're, you know, so at every wedding, they would serve shark fin soup. Not realizing that a lot of people go, oh, China, 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 China. It's not China that's out there doing all the fishing. It's the global impact of fishing out all the sharks to give it, you know, the sharks have become like gold, like a gold mine. 
you know, it, they don't have to raise the sharks, you know, they don't have to do anything, feed the sharks. They just pull them out, cut the fins off, throw the bodies back in. Now they can add more fins to their boat and cash them in for money. So not only, you know, the fishermen cash it in for a little bit, then they go up and they sell it for more and then they sell it for more and they sell it for more to the next thing you know, it, these, you know, prestige restaurants are serving it at $400 a bowl. Now we had, as things moved on, this is going to be a bit of a story. Hopefully you're okay with it. As we moved on, I started seeing more issues. I seen the killing of whales, the killing of dolphins, the killing of seals in Canada, the, you know, the, the decline and the endangered seven species of turtles, sea turtles, all endangered issues happening everywhere. So I started painting all these things. I was calling them awareness paintings because I knew if someone became aware, they might take action because a lot of us say, you know, I don't know. I don't want to know ignorance, ignorance, ignorance is bliss, blah, blah, blah. You know what, if you can learn about something and you know, now you know, you've looked at my paintings, you, you, you were given the story and now you know, now you have a choice to either take action or ignore. But that's a choice now because you know, and you do that with any kind of knowledge, right? When you know something, you can say, whoa, I wish I didn't know that. Or you can say, how can I help? Right, right. right? What steps can I do? So I, I, I created, uh, you know, a network of amazing people all around the world. You know, I'm like, wow, there's other people here fighting for sharks. You know, Facebook was kind of new. I, you know, 2007, I seen the documentary 2000 and the end of 2007, I started, you know, on Facebook, which was pretty new at the time. And I started finding all these people that were interested in this. I'm friending everybody that I watched to do because there was no restrictions on Facebook then. Um, and then started building these amazing networks of people fighting and, you know, I got into protesting. I got into public speaking for sharks. I got into fundraising charities. I, I was like, now that people are like bringing me on their documentaries, I was, you know, writing articles. I was like, I was a part of everything. It was incredible, you know? And it's just like, you know, just like anything you get into, you don't know where it's going to go. But I always say, you know, opportunities are going to start opening up because you've highly focused yourself. And I say, take every opportunity that comes your way that matches what you're doing, because that's going to open up more doors and more things. And it did. It opened up a lot of stuff. I started helping Sea Shepherd Conservation Society, and I just interviewed him on that podcast, Paul Watson. He actually was a co-founder of Greenpeace. And then in 77, 1977, he was considered a radical in Greenpeace. So they kind of like removed him. So he started up Sea Shepherd, which do, do radical things. You know, they ram ships to stop, you know, the killing of whales. They do a lot of amazing stuff out there for all the ocean itself. And I, I ran their chapter, started and ran their chapter up in Toronto for five years. Um, I also befriended all the amazing people in Toronto that were fighting for different types of animals. I went vegetarian, then I learned the word vegan, and I learned how to be a vegan. So I've been vegan for 12 years. And I have to say, all stemmed from my art, all of it. That is so Everything cool. From that, that is so cool that you know being creative can can you know ignite this this fire in you and this passion to just I don't know just be involved in everything that you're passionate about and that it started off from a documentary and then paintings like I I think that is just so incredible. Well, one, one, one cool part, if I can add to that story was I was interrogated in Japan too. What? There's a documentary called the Cove and the Cove won an Oscar. It was the first documentary to win an Oscar. That's about, it's really well done documentary. Um, but it's about the killing of dolphins in Japan. Right. And, and, uh, I forget the name of the region, but gorgeous, gorgeous area. You know, I flew, I went there twice in 2011. And, uh, you know, so the second time I went in, I was red flagged. They knew I was there before. They knew I was there, you know, in regards to the dolphin slaughter happening in Taiji, Japan, a little small village. Um, and I flew into Tokyo and I had to get a, a connecting flight over to Osaka. So as I got into Tokyo, we didn't know what was happening. We knew, you know, they had possibility of, you know, this is the second year, second season of you know people going there after the cove was aired 
And I, you know, dude goes, hey, one second. Guy came over and goes, come, 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 come. And I'll tell you, very animated in Japan. Very, like, they're, they're signs, colors, everything. It's really cool and very animated. And I was like, I was like, you know, if I was in America and I was being pulled in, I would have been more scared. Here, it was like, I was more relaxed. I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? You know, what's going to happen? The worst case scenario, you're going to send me home. Big deal. Right? But no, it was like five hours of interrogation, asking me the same questions over and over and over and over. What are you going to do with the pictures? What are you going to do with the videos? What are you going to do this? And I got so tired of it. After five years, I said, I'm going to paint them. And then they look at me. One guy, one guy didn't know any English. The other guy was an interpreter. And he goes, you're going to paint them? I was like, oh, no, I got another five hours of talking about how I'm going to paint them. <laughs> <laughs> but their whole objective was to see if I was going in to be paid by Sea Shepherd. They thought, okay, are you here to work and are you getting paid? And they found out that I wasn't and everything. They let me go. And I was the last person to get onto my connecting flight. Like, that's how fast... You know, they used me right up to that point of getting onto the flight, and I was able to go in there and document the, the slaughter of dolphins so I, the world can see it. It was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, definitely a good story, and, you know, that I can tell my grandkids. Wow, that is amazing that you've um, experienced all of that. It's crazy. Uh, and I'm so happy for you that, you know, you, you're motivated like that, that it can just get you going and going after you know what you're passionate about and it's crazy how life happens and you know things change uh, even things that you're passionate about change changes so um with that being said like how because we met each other in the financial services industry uh, and it's just funny how our friendship started that is just random so random <laughs> our friendship got forged you know um <laughs> but um how has your life what what is a sequence of events that led toward your involvement in the financial services industry well it goes back to my art again bev you know like it's incredible this is where i realized that my art manifests into my life because you know a lot of people and your listeners may understand like vision boards everybody's starting to hear this vision board everybody's got a vision board but you and me both practice visualization as artists so we have a power greater at a higher frequency that we use because we highly focus in that area. Everybody has it, but not everybody uses it. Or is maybe they're not even aware of it yet. But it's becoming mainstream focus and all the attention out there from all these amazing people like these people that I paint. Painter of millionaires. These guys are millionaires. And even when I started painting them, I didn't even know that they're all speakers. Where is my direction as a person who wants to speak a little bit more about leadership and visualization and, you know, empowerment and, you know, just help people. They're doing it. I'm reading their books. I'm watching their videos. So is what that, happened? Is that, Tom, is that Tom Billy behind you? It is. I love that man. He is so inspiring. Mm -hmm. I and. He, I love his, you know, affiliation with artists as well. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted oh. to admit that. I mean, I saw that. I recognized who that was. Um, <laughs> it's your show. You can interrupt anytime you want. <laughs> but anyways, keep going. Like, t tell me about, like, you know, how, how, um, how you, your art has led you here. So when I, when I immigrated from Canada to the States, because my wife's American, um, I immigrated about uh, the end of 2015 and I thought to myself, I really don't want to get into another job. I'm like, I got to do something. There's an internet here. What can I do to get going on this internet world? And I wasn't thinking about art then. You know, I was already, I was still kind of doing ocean. I was doing, I've done a lot of sea turtles and manatees and whales. I've given so much art away to help organizations and charities um, on so many levels. And I'm like, Okay, I've given a lot of my time, right, to help these charities. And time is so precious. You know, you talk to anybody who's making money, you can barely get some of their time unless it's something that they're either interested in helping with or it goes with something that they're doing, right? You know, people, are, as you get into this world, you learn the act of no, no, I got to stay focused. It doesn't work in with what I'm doing. No, then it's gone. 
So time is very precious. We all want more time, especially someone who works. So I thought, what can I do? So I need to figure something out. So I started, I didn't realize getting into business was so much in personal development. So I started listening to Jim Rohn, Bob Proctor, you know, all these amazing people. And I kept listening to them, listening to their audiobooks over and over and over and over for like, you know, I'm like six years into that now. And I thought, okay, so now what do I need to do? I need to find out what online, you know, job can I do? A business can I create? I, I, I did Shopify, I did affiliate marketing, I did, you know, uh, solo ads. You may not even know what that is, but I did all these different things. I was testing them and working them. I did Facebook ads, I did Messenger bots. And I'm like, nothing's kicking, nothing's kicking, right? So I, I'm also like, okay, how do I get my art back into my world? Because now I'm feeling unbalanced. So I, you get to a point where if I get to a point where I feel anxious, that means I'm off balance somewhere. It, and I've put myself into an area that I'm feeling agitated because I'm not doing something that I need in my life and i was noticing i wasn't painting enough and my ocean art wasn't part of what i was doing anymore i was i was separating myself from there so i can grow somewhere else because i wasn't doing protests anymore i wasn't out there you know doing charities because i i worked and was able to put my free time to that stuff now i'm like i'm not working at the moment i need to put my time into something that you know can help generate money for my family so I'm like, how can I get my art in here? And I'm like, what am I doing? Well, I'm doing a lot of personal development. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't I paint these people that are bringing value to me? So I started, you know, I, I started with Gary V. I painted Gary V. But the best thing I, what I did, what I've learned from a lot of my courses was creating a hypothesis. So I'm, I love science and math and I'm creative. Right? I got a little bit of both. I, I've done those tests. I'm like 4951 kind of thing. So I'm balanced on a lot of things, right? I, I find that pretty cool. Um, so in the scientific area, kind of like the quantum physics area, you know, when we talk about energy on a deeper level and how everything's so connected, I love it. It's I'm like a nerd there, I think. <laughs> but here I am thinking, okay, let's create a hypothesis on what if I painted millionaires? How would that generate money or service or value into my life to put it out more, right? So I just started painting them. I thought, okay, this is my idea. I'm going to paint. I'm going to give the painting to them. I'm going to say, thank you for what you gave me. Here's the painting. So Gary V was a tough one. I still haven't been able to connect with anybody with Gary V because I wanted to find some personal connection. People are going, just send it to his office. No, that's not what I'm doing here. People aren't seeing what my vision is because when I see a vision, I see like 500 images fly into the sky kind of thing. And I'm like, then I start working back at the top and then I start going re-engineering that and saying, okay, I see a good path. Let's run with it. If I don't see a path, I don't run with it. So I created that hypothesis. And when you create a hypothesis, you almost create a bias. So you are creating a focus of where you want to go. And because you're doing that, you're filtering it with your reticular activating system kind of thing. You're filtering that to happen. How it happens, I don't know, right? That's the cool part about it. That's the cool part about creating in life. You know, I can, I can create a painting and know how that happens, but when it comes to creating a life, it's all faith. Mm -hmm. So I created it and I started running with it. You know, I painted uh, Gary, Ed Milet, Jesse Itzler, Eric Thomas, Grant Cardone, um, and Ed Milet, Jesse Itzler, Grant Cardone, and Eric Thomas all own my paintings. That so is that's so cool. Four millionaires own my paintings now. So I, now I can say that. I'm like, cool. And they actually uh, even sent messages. So Bob Proctor as well, he, you know, they all kind of commented. Lewis Howes, he commented, he, he get, you know, so I documented all this. This is all part of my research in a sense, my hypothesis. And I'm, you know, writing this journey down, seeing how it's playing out. So I'm really staying highly focused in the journey of the painting of millionaires. Because these people that I've been networked with in my Artist for the Ocean, uh, you know, when I was called Artist for the Ocean for years, are like, why are you painting millionaires? Because of the thought of money being evil. 
right? The thought of money being, you know, in a, in a sense of lack and it, you know, those people aren't doing anything for this and they're not using their money for that. But I keep trying to tell them they're providing value to me. And because they're lifting me up into a higher vibration, that helps my family, right? Because if I'm a little bit better every day, then I'm better for my family on a, on a bigger scale. So I'm not looking at a short term. I'm looking at a long term uh, when it comes to this. And what this has manifested into my life is impressive. First off, you have been manifested into my life, Beth. <laughs> you are a part of my painting of millionaire journey. That's which- so cool. And you know what's cool? Like, we'll talk about manifesting, like the business that we are in. I mean, we're building millionaires, ourselves included, right? Like, um, so I mean, that is you're painting what you want to be like. And when you become a millionaire, you will have the freedom to do whatever you want as far as serving all the things that you believe in, because that's what money is. It's power. If it's used properly and you know how to build it properly, you know, you can pretty much do whatever you want that will give and serve other people and the world, you know, just create a, a more beautiful world. Just like absolutely, opinions. absolutely. And money is energy. People have to realize that. And, and, and energy isn't negative or positive. It's done by choices. So if you are a positive, amazing person, money is just going to amplify that. Yes, yes. So now you can actually, in my case, I can start helping more charities, not my, with my time, but with my energy of money, for an example. Exactly. They need money to feed animals, house animals, for an example. Uh, you know, in my case, it's always been animals, you know, cause a lot of people, you know, I, I now I can also help, you know, human, like human trafficking and stuff is another bad one. Children's slavery is another bad one. I'd love to, you know, support and get in there and shut it down. So you have that opportunity to, to do that stuff. And you're also allowing that energy to flow more. And when you let that money out, you know, people say, let it go and it'll come back. But they don't put it in the money aspect. You let that money go. You don't know how it's going to come back. That's the other thing, which is great. But when it comes back, it can come back tenfold. Mm-hmm. So when you allow that to flow, you're, you're creating this massive, massive energy vortex in a sense, right? Of, you know, just, and that's why they say, you know, even Jim Rohn goes, start early putting 10% away for charities. Start early because when you start making that million, it'll be easier to get rid of a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that allows you to keep that flow going, right? Because you're connecting, you're helping, you're serving in a different yeah. way. I, I love the way your mind works, man. Like, and I feel like being a creative person, you know, you have that, that ability to visualize that um, much easier. A lot of people don't have that, um, that sense, you know, to see that. But I think, I feel like creative people have that extra sense, you know, um, in, in seeing things in that perspective. Well, you know what, you know, what's funny. I want to, when I start publicly speaking, I think talking to artists would be one of my first and foremost, because as an artist, my whole life, I didn't realize the power of what I was doing. So it wasn't until I was ignited with the shark issue to really understand the power I had. So by talking to artists, and let it, you know, artists are looked upon as, I want your art for free. How can I get your art for free, for an example, right? They don't, they're not looked at as, wow, you put 50 hours into this. What would that be worth? Mm-hmm. You know, it's always tough to figure out how much. And I, and I got to a point where, you know what? I want $100 an hour for what I do. So if it took me 20 hours, I want $2,000 for my art. I think I'm worth that. So people don't realize that. And then they cut themselves down. They sell it for such a small amount. And next thing you know, they're getting paid a dollar an hour, for an example. Or they got paid nothing because their family thinks that they should get it for free because you're, you know, your family. Mm -hmm. So there's such a disservice to the respect of an artist. Now, when you look at it and I reframe it, an artist can teach you how to get what you want in your life. If we can teach people how to be more creative and visualize and emotionalize it, then we can help them.
become more in their life. We can help them get their dreams by living in their dreams in their mind. And that's where I really want to put my attention because there's so many amazing artists out there, but we're thinking, how do I make money with my art? How do I make money with my art? Screw that. Don't worry about that. I've given away so much art and it's brought me so much valuable skills. Public speaking being one of them. Networking like you're, you're like with Bev here is another, you know, meeting people and, and just, just building that network. Cause they say, as the, as the millionaires say, your net worth is directly related to your network. Mm -hmm. And there's so much truth in that. Yes. I, I told, I'm a believer in that for sure. And that's one of the powers of being this financial services industry, the, the uh, associations that, you know, come your way is just so powerful. So uh, let's go into that story for uh, your association. How did you, how did you come into the business? Oh, wow. So it comes back to the art. Like I said, it's all on, what we're talking about now is all in this art journey, um, which I, I really, that's when I came after painting so many, I started realizing when, you know, I painted Ed Milet. I painted Jesse Itzler and Jesse Itzler was the first one to accept my gift and he accepted it. And then I started learning more about him. I seen him speak in, in uh, Vegas, probably about 2018. So three years ago at uh, an event called thrive. So it had some really great speakers. He was up there energized and he's talking about build your life resume and this and that. And I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. But I didn't take action into what he was offering. So I waited a bit, you know, because I was doing some other stuff. And then all of a sudden I painted them. I, I started listening to him again. I'm like, wow, he's still doing that. I'm like, how can I get into it? So I got into his course and I started meeting people. Power of association, right? Started meeting people, getting involved, doing some pretty crazy things. And then I, you know, I painted Ed. He got his. Then I started learning, you know, go deeper into Ed and start seeing things. You know, and, you know, I even went to Grant's office in, in uh, Miami or just north of Miami. What? Yeah. <laughs> when he was having his growth con in Vegas, I was over in, in Florida for something else. And I ended up going over and, and this is what's cool. So when I did Artists for the Ocean, I was in the middle of a forest with my wife at a hostel. And someone were sitting at a table with all these people from all around the world. We don't know anybody there sitting there me and my wife and this is not the first time but it this is a funny story and we're talking and the lady across from us goes wait a second are you artists for the ocean and i'm like yeah and my wife goes oh more people that so he gets noticed for his art you know everywhere it's not really <laughs> my art it's it's the action that came with it mm -hmm. so it's not really gonna be my painting millionaire it's gonna be the service i provide that's kind of the direction that i'm heading so, so I, 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 on my podcast, my podcast was created from the act of wanting to speak and then the COVID came. So I thought, well, why don't I interview speakers? So if I interview speakers, I can take the value that they have and that, you know, they're not doing anything now because all the conferences have shut down and then let's, let's put them on the platform and see if I can start getting, you know, their, their message out further. And that was building a network. That was building such strong rapport, right, with these people. So I interviewed this guy named uh, Bill Woodage. Uh, he's one of my podcast shows. I don't remember the number, but it's an uh, interview with a CEO of a million-dollar company. So he started from scratch out of Pennsylvania, built his way up to building up a million-dollar industry. Um, so we talked about sales. We, we talked about a lot of great things, mindset. Everything's about mindset and resiliency and, and challenges on my podcast. And so the next day, I, you know, here at the moment, I'm like, you know, I got to get into the limitless area and a limitless area is getting into some sort of sales, I thought. Right. So I'm thinking, OK, I'm, I lost my job in COVID. I'm back square one. How, you know, I got the podcast going prior to that. I was me I was meditation, meditating prior to that for like three, four months. So I pretty much meditated myself out of my job <laughs> because of my focus where I was going. I felt blessed that I lost my job, really blessed. I still do because so much powerful things have happened. So I, I said to him, 
I said, Bill, can, you mind if I bend your ear on a phone call? You know, this guy's running a million dollar company. I'm like, you know, I built that rapport with him from my podcast show. He goes, absolutely. Tomorrow I'm available for one hour at this time. If you want to, you know, we can get on the call and we can uh, talk. So I get on the call with him. I'm like, Bill, you know, I understand, you know, the act of, you know, getting into sales. I have a lot of, you know, energy and action in me. I want to learn that skill and push forward into a business aspect and how I can go somewhere. And he kind of said, well, this is what I'm doing, you know, because I had a lot of people coming at me and they were like, it felt like, it felt like they were cockroaches trying yeah. to grab at me, pull at me, you know, hey, come with us, come with us, you know, we want <laughs> you. And uh, so that's why I went on the, on the phone with him and he said, uh, you know, I'm in the PNC business, property and casualty, but I have someone I want you to meet, someone who may be in the area that you're looking at. And his name is Jamar Spell. And Jamar, uh, he gave me contact. I phoned Jamar. And Jamar's like talking in the abundance language and everything. And I'm like, is this guy real? You know, <laughs> I, I started questioning myself. But I also said to myself in 2020, when things hit the fan and I was like in that world of let's make something happen, I said to myself, I'm not going to battle the flow of energy. I'm not going to go against the current. If something's flowing to me, I need to see, is this what I want? Is it aligned with what I want to do and where I'm going? And I accepted what he was saying. I said, okay, let's talk. So we talk and, and uh, you know, he's telling me some stuff and I'm like, okay, I need to do some research. And I thought to myself, you know what? I painted Ed Milet and I said, he made his money this guy's worth $400 million roughly, right? He made his money in the financial industry. I'm like, I wonder, wonder if, you know, I did my research. And I'm like, holy crap. He's in this exact industry. <laughs> and I said, I phoned up, uh, you know, Jamar left a message saying, dude, uh, we can talk Monday because I think we we're going to have something later on. I said, I'm, I'm coming on board with you, Ben. So let's talk Monday. Uh, something happened. He goes, well, what happened? I go, we'll talk Monday. So I let it be. We get on Monday and I'm like, how do I get involved? Because this flows with what I'm doing, what I want. And uh, I love how you're talking. However, I got one stipulation. He's like, what? I said, I'm flying to live with you for four days. <laughs> and he's like, what? I said, if you're serious, as serious as I am right now, right now, I'm making a decision today. I want to stay with you for four days and shadow you. And he's like, all right, when do you want to come? <laughs> I said, two weeks. So I'll get my ticket today and I'll tell you the times, two weeks. And he goes, tell me the times and let's do it. So I told him we, we got it set up. I flew over to California and I was blown away that this guy had more energy than me. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my awesome. God. And I told my wife, I go, can you believe this guy has more energy than me? She's like, no way. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was considered tireless in the animal movement. Tireless. Because I was doing four events in two weeks. I did like almost 100 events like in five years. I was like going crazy, right? All my free time was just events. So now I'm like, let's put that into this world and see what I can do. And we, he brought me through everything. We, we were, oh man, I was just... So like, this is it. I love this. This guy is amazing. He's correcting words that I'm saying because the power of spoken word is amazing. And I, was, I didn't realize I was saying certain things that could have defeated where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I, I'm coachable. You know, when I want to go somewhere, I'm coachable. So I was like, awesome, dude. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yep. Yep. Let me know anything you can. I'm here, man. You're my coach. You're my mentor. Let's do this. Right. So four days of powerful you know, witnessing how he ran. He, he had two podcasts himself. He has, you know, his PNC job. He, he was doing leadership uh, training at businesses and he was in the financial industry. So I was only one part of his thing. But while I was, you know, he also set me up. I, he did an interview with me on his podcast called Vested. And then he has his own personal one. But I was like blown away. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, really, this, this stuff's manifesting. This stuff's manifesting into my world. This is powerful stuff. And this is what I want to tell people. You think here and you live here in the future, 
you're tapping into that frequency that is so much higher than you that you don't even know how to get to. You can't get to it in reality. You cannot get to it. It would take 20, 30 years. You can get to it in seconds here, and then you're attracting it into your life in such a strong manner of, a, you know, you're highly focused on that and you're living there, you're feeling it. You're, you, you, my hair stands up on my body when I know I'm, in, I'm emotionally connected to what I'm thinking about, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, so that's how I got in. And it's been amazing ever since. I've, you know, I've been in the financial industry. I'm in my fourth month of action now. And it's been amazing. Just last month, I doubled my business. For, you know, I brought on uh, seven agents into my business. I have 10 licensed agents at the moment in my business, three that need their license. So I got about 13 people. And it's just incredible. Like, I'm just loving it. I'm like, my energy, the more you get into something at the beginning, it's always, you know, you know, you're, you're in like training wheels, for example, you got to learn, there's so much information. But you got to learn, you got to watch, you got to listen, you got to be coachable. And then you get into that area where, okay, you know some stuff. Now you, you get, you know, you set yourself free a little bit, you start getting a little better. And then you get into in that flow area where you're just running and shit, you know, you're yeah. just going there. I'm not in the flow area yet, but I'm so close in some areas and yeah. I'm just excited about how I can now help people and how my energy is limitless within me and limitless in my service. Yes. And, and I, I, I just, I just love that story because like, it just shows how gung ho you are, you know, like there's nothing holding you back. The fact that you was like, I'm going to live with you for four days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and the fact that he was open to that, that just mm -hmm. blows my mind, you know, like I, I love that story. I think it's so cool that you were connected to this guy and it was kind of just meant to be, you know? Oh, I believe that. I believe that more than anything. We are such good friends now. We've ran, you know, so many meetings and appointments and everything together. I learned so much from him. I learned the power of just, you know, you don't realize how much you've learned from someone until you start, you know, like we're not even in the same state, right? We connect over Zoom, but now in my life, the way I go to Starbucks, for an example, and they go, hey, can I take your order? I go, what's your name? Uh, oh, Gigi. Hey, Gigi, how you doing? Yeah, here, here's what I want. And then I'm getting up to the front. I'm like, hey, where's Gigi? Gigi, where are you? <laughs> hey, Gigi, nice to meet you. Hey, thanks for taking my order. You know, you have been brought into a different vibration. You know, confidence comes with that. You know, everything comes with that. And it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's so much fun. fun. <laughs> because you're interacting with amazing people and you're lifting them up. When you say someone's name, they perk up. And they're like, oh my God, this guy's actually talking to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not anybody else, me. It, it disrupts their patterns and like, you know, takes them out of autopilot for just a moment. And they're like, oh, oh, they'll remember you, you know. Well said, well said. Autopilot, absolutely. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, I mean, I just, this whole process, I mean, you already were a peak performer prior to this business, but like, how, how, um, how is it affecting you now? Like what, how is it affecting your passions now? Like, what are you passionate about next? Like, do you have a very specific goal in mind that you want to do next? Like, how do you see yourself in like the next five, five years or so? Whew. Well, I meditate on a daily basis. Uh, you know, so I'm always thinking forward, but the, the thing about meditation and where you are, you only know so much. So you, you branch every day is like a compound of yesterday's thoughts. So you branch as much as you can. And sometimes we don't dream big enough. So I don't think I'm dreaming big enough. You know, I, I put in a 10 year plan, but I keep saying to myself, I'm going to get that at five. You know, my 10 year plan is to have a thousand people in my agency, but I think I'm going to get that at five because we are in the virtual world now. Mm -hmm. Things have collapsed, man. You know, I, I'm not out there, you know, talking in person. I'm like, I'm, I'm talking all across the nation now. You know, I have people in Arkansas, Wisconsin, Florida, you know, Ohio, you know, everywhere. And it's like, I'm just in love with this, right? Because I wanted something online. But where am I going? Well, first off, my first objective, my big why is retire my mom. My mom's 72, just turned 72. So I have to adjust my manifest, uh, you know, uh, thing that I say, because, you know, I, I like to 
create a manifestation of what I want, you know, in detail. And I read it. I also record it so I can listen to it. Because a lot of times, you know, when you're working hard, uh, I get tired and reading isn't my best thing. So I, I love listening and feeling the emotion. And one of them was, you know, when my mom turned 72, I want to retire. So I got 300, you know, less than 365 days now to retire my mom within my, my, my why. And, you know, she's still working a full time job. So she was the main reason that I wanted to do something online, wanted to get into something that was not a ceiling, meaning a W2 job. And I think her mixed with the painting of millionaires brought me to the financial services because it was the financial literacy that she didn't have that put her in where she is. So now she's tied to a factory job for the last 30 plus years and at 72 does not have the money to retire. If she lost this job, which you know could happen uh, in many ways uh, being at 72, she would not be able to keep the home that her father gave her. So there's some big, big, big things here that are at play that, you know, we need to have a why to push us to say, you know, I'm tired today, right? But it's like, wait a second, I need to do something today because my why needs me. And that's the huge part, right? So yeah, my mom's my big why in my, my dreams. Um, when I was younger, I rode off one of her Mustangs, bad guy. Luckily, I, you know, I'm still here because I, I, I uh, kind of twisted her frame of her car. Um, felt really bad. I was young. And so my thoughts are always, I wanted to get my mom a red Mustang. So now in my dreams, I've already given it to her. I've given her a red GT convertible Mustang with, you know, beautiful you know, seats and everything, like just everything. And I, I remember going in my mind, I'm going up to her and I'm like, my mom's like, what is that? Like, who's, you bought a car? And I'm like giving her the key saying, it's yours, mom. And she's like, what? Oh, no, no, I can't afford this and that because that's the mindset my mom's in, right? Like, I can't afford this. I'm like, mom, it's bought, it's yours. And right now I'm getting tingles, man. I'm getting tingles because I've been thinking about this probably for a year before I even got in the financial industry. I just, you know, you don't know how things are going to manifest when they manifest, but you like are thankful that things are happening the way they're happening, right? As they come. And I know I have a date in my manifestation of next year that I'm going to, you know, hand her those keys. Nice. So I know it's happening. I, I know it's going to happen. You're the kind of person I can see, you know, whatever you say you're going to do, you're going to do it because that's the kind of person you are. You you make promises and you keep those promises. And mm -hmm. and the amount of energy you put into manifesting these dreams into real life, it's so inspiring, Robert. And I, I'm so glad that I am associated with you and that I can feed off of your energy and hopefully you can feed off of mine as oh, well. Yeah. Um, it's so powerful and I just appreciate you coming on the show and sharing it with all of us. So um, I want to ask you now, like, how do you, with your, everything that you, you're doing, how do you hope to inspire others, the people that are watching the show today? Well, if I can inspire it, you know, if I haven't inspired you yet, then I haven't done my job. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do believe, you know, um, being someone who grew up in a, a rough area and that, and being associated around people that weren't given the information that is, you know, really readily for us now. Um, power of association is definitely something that I really think, you know, they say you are who you hang out with or who you surround yourself with. And when you're young, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You just don't want me to hang around with my friends. But there's massive truth and it's not just about being a child or young, it's about where you are now, right now. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can be 50, 60, 70. Who are you around? Who are you listening to? Who are you allowing into your mind? You own that mind, but a lot of us worry what others say. Don't worry what others say because when you're dead, you're dead, Yeah. right? That's all that matters. What are you doing now that you're living? You know, right, do right. what you want. Um, you know, I've been blessed to be isolated from so much stuff. I don't watch the news and I am, you know, I don't have uh, this COVID time is really how I live anyways. <laughs> I love it. You know, I love myself and it's taken a long time for that. And I really want people to think about that. 
I couldn't look in the mirror at one time. I couldn't even look at my eyes. You know, you, we all look in the mirror, but do we really look at our eyes? And if we look at our eyes and, and have to turn away, then there's something we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I had to deal with a lot of, I don't know what it was, you know, some negativity, some anger issues. I used to hold grudges that, you know, that would inflame when the, when the stuff happens and it came in front of me. And I had to start forgiving. I didn't know I was doing the power of forgiving, but I started forgiving things. And that's another powerful thing if uh, the listeners can think about that. You know, one of the meditations I do is called the six phase meditation. Uh, um, I forget his name, Vishan Lakhiani, um, who does, uh, he has a, he does the six phase meditation and it's about, you know, the first one is uh, the power of consciousness. So, you know, just kind of creating this amazing consciousness and understanding that you are attached to every living being in the world as you know, everything, that's the quantum physics part, right? To understand that we are attached to everything. Everything we look at is energy. It's at either a higher vibration or a lower vibration of of sense. Then we get into uh, forgiveness. You know, we have luggage, right, in us. And the way I always talk about, you know, energy, I love energy, energy is everything to me, is, when we're young and, and babies and people are so attracted to babies, why? Because they're pure energy. And what do I mean by that? They have no restrictions through them. Energy can go to and through them in such no resistance. They don't have luggage. They don't have problems. They don't have anything, right? But as we get older, we start creating resistance in our own body, in our own life, right? We That's the luggage that we start holding. I hate him for this. Oh, he doesn't do this. I'm not forgiving him for that. When we start forgiving and start removing that luggage, anything that surfaces, you need to forgive and let go. Mm-hmm. And that will lift you so high. It will change your life. And I've been doing that for a good year now or more than a year now. And then we get into gratefulness, gratitude. Mm-hmm. Gratitude is so important because now it's not, it's not about... Oh, I'm grateful for, you know, just anything you think about. You can be grateful for where your goals are. You're already there. You're grateful that, you know, I'm grateful that I already gave my mom the keys to the car that she's driving right now to the store, for example. And because I'm being grateful for that, that means I'm telling myself it's already happened. Mm -hmm. And because it's already happened, it has to happen. That's the law. It's the law. And people don't realize that, but be grateful for where you are, where your feet are, where, you know, be grateful for, you know, in my case, my son hugging me and saying he loves me, you know, I'm grateful for my wife's smile when I wake up. I'm grateful for the person I passed on the path that I was jogging on that nodded to me. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that connection. And those little things, the more you're grateful for that, the more the world will bring more of that. Yeah, because we're all about it's that particular activating system. When we want something negative or positive, it's going to bring it into our life. So if we want, you know, more gratefulness of, you know, the smiles, we're going to get more smiles back. Right. It's so powerful. Yeah, I feel like, you know, people who suffer from a, a lot of or who surround themselves with a lot of negativity or just you know, have a lot of mental illness. Like, I feel like just having gratitude can lift a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And just initially, you just, if you just focus on what you're grateful for in life, it just makes, you can't be angry when you're like that, when you're grateful. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the two don't, cannot live together. Yeah, they can't. They cannot live together. So like, if you're pissed off about something, just focus on what you're great grateful for and you'll feel a lot better immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always say, because I've seen a lot of darkness in the animal world, that I always say, no matter what is dark, there's always a little bit of light, and I want to put my attention on that light to grow it. Mm-hmm. I, I Because that's how I survived through all that darkness I've seen. Because it still lives in me, I understand it, and my fight was stronger because of it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Robert, is there anything, um, you know, for the audience that's watching, is there anything for them that what they, what can they do to support your endeavors or where can they go to find you to learn more about you and your mission? 
Well, they, you know, I, I don't, I'm here to you know, provide a service to you and your listeners. Um, they can find me at linktree uh, forward slash Robert Timmons. Uh, they can find me there quite easy. Um, L-I-N-K dot or T-R dot E-E slash Robert Timmons. That's where they can find me. Um, and, you know, if I could say one thing that I, you know, put your emotions in your dreams. You know, without dreams, we are, we're not growing. We're not, we're not going anywhere. We have no purpose. We have no, you know, direction. And, uh, you know, if we can utilize that power within us to create the life we want, like you say, someone who's angry will say, I got nothing to be grateful for. Well, are you full? Did you eat today? You know, did you have a bed to sleep in? When you get that simplicity into your life and be grateful for those things, the rest will go away. Mm -hmm. You I change your focus and direction, the rest will go away. And then all of a sudden you'd be like, wow, what happened? Where was I? <laughs> yeah. Two weeks in, I'm already compounding that, that gratefulness. Yes. But yes. yeah, yeah. I, I just say, you know, check me out. You know, check out my uh, show, The Robert Timmons Show. Um, you know, it's all about mindset machines. Because uh, mindset is the fertile ground of where your ideas and seeds grow from. So the stronger you get your mindset, the stronger your life and your value and your ideas will grow into such a powerful service because we're all about providing a service to others. And that's what me and Bev both do. We provide a service to help families. And that's my key to it. Yes. Thank you so much. So much nuggets today. I enjoyed your presence here and I'm sure the people watching, I, I'm sure they're getting a lot of value from it as well. So thank you again, everyone for joining us on Dark Horse Matters, the show about people, their passions and their pursuit toward their happiness. If you enjoy the show, please don't forget to like and subscribe, share it with your friends. Um, if you. I'm, I'm super blessed and just grateful, you know, for your support on making your dreams come true. So until next week, be passionate.